I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes. And on this episode, in honor of the movie coming out very soon, we're going to talk about Nintendo's very famous Mario franchise, like Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart, Mario Party, and all the other related stuff, which has taken the world by storm. Absolutely. Yeah, Mario really has taken the world by storm. If you don't know who Mario is, you're probably living somewhere very deep in the ground because Mario's everywhere. And now he's getting his own feature length film, which to me, it seems like it's about time. Yes, I agree. And it's final. They're finally doing it and making it faithful. Yes, exactly. I hear it's very true to the video game, which will be very exciting to see. Yeah. But before we get into our full-blown discussion of that movie and other Mario movies that have come out in the past, we're going to do an actor feature on a key actor from the first attempt at a Mario movie, which was the Mario Brothers movie that came out in 1993, Bob Hoskins. Yes, the late, great Bob Hoskins. He played the title character in that film. He did. He played Mario. And he was also famous for another role from an earlier film. Like from a few years earlier, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as Private Eye, Eddie Valiant. Yes, that's probably the role that he's most famous for. He was also in Mona Lisa and Mermaids and Balto and Made in Manhattan, Mrs. Henderson Presents, A Christmas Carol, Snow White and the Huntsman and others. He's got a long, long, long filmography. Snow White and the Huntsman was one of his last films and came out two years before his death. That's right. Bob Hoskins tragically developed Parkinson's disease, which is an awful, awful neurodegenerative disease. And he died in April of 2014. I know, at the age of 71. That's right. But before he passed away, he, in addition to acting in all of those films, did get to direct two different films. One was called The Raggedy Ronnie, which sounds like a zany kind of complex movie about a war and family and the cost of war. And he also directed a kid's film called Rainbow. Rainbow, which came out in 1996. And what was cool about that film, Ezra? Mm, The technology they used. Yeah, it was the first all-digital film ever made. Interesting, yeah. So Bob Hoskins was an award-winning actor. He was nominated for and won several awards, including a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, which he got for, I believe, his role in Mona Lisa, and an Emmy for Best Actor in his role for his role in the BBC drama The Street. Huh. Ezra, did you know that before he even started acting, Bob Hoskins had a bunch of different odd jobs because he dropped out of school at 15 years old? And he moved to Israel and lived on a farm as part of an agricultural community. And then he also spent two years caring for camels in a Bedouin tribe in Syria. Huh, interesting. Right? Isn't that a fascinating pre-Hollywood life? Yeah. What else is prominent to you about Bob Hoskins, Ezra? About his voice, which sounded like a New York, like a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, kind of like what other actor? Like maybe like... Danny DeVito or comedian Louis Black. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. He often played kind of quote-unquote underworldly characters I read in one interview. Uh. I also read that he was pretty unhappy with the Mario film that he was in. Which was a critical and financial failure when it came out. 
and people thought it wasn't faithful to the game. Yeah, and they criticized the plot as well. And I think that people liked his performance, but nonetheless, he said he was not proud of the performance. And he told The Telegraph, which is a newspaper in the UK, that while on set, he was stabbed, electrocuted, broke a finger, and nearly drowned. Oh. Yeah, that sounds like a dangerous acting role. (laughs) Wow. Anything else you want to say about Bob Hoskins, Ezra? He was a very great actor and was very entertaining, especially as very memorable as Eddie Valiant and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Absolutely. That's hands down, without a doubt, his most iconic role. And I think people will always recognize his face for that movie. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move on into our feature presentation. And it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about this very famous franchise, which is Mario from Nintendo. That's right. Mario, Mario Brothers, Super Mario, Mario Kart. There's so many different variations of this game, but they're all based around this classic character who's an Italian plumber. Yes. And Mario started out in the game Donkey Kong, which was first released in 1981. At what point did Mario get his own game, Ezra? In the first Mario game, Super Mario Brothers, which was started in 1985. For originally for Nintendo NES and then for arcade in 1986. And then eventually it spread to all of the newer technologies for gaming. Yes. When was the first time Mario was adopted into something other than a game? The Super Mario Bros. show, which which was on from 1989, which was a Saturday morning cartoon show. And was that more successful than the Super Mario Brothers. movie that came out in 1993? I guess, though, yes, because Mario was contemporary at the time. Gotcha. And then there was a children's show called King Koopa's Cool Cartoons. Ooh, very fun name. And then there was The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. Free. From 1990, and then Super Mario World from 1991. What was Super Mario World a TV show? Yes, which was based on the game released at the time. Oh, understood. Yes, and I know a lot of these from these shows have become internet popular with internet memes. Absolutely. Yeah, you you can see thing screenshots and images from Mario games and Mario TV shows all over the internet, because it's just an instantaneously recognizable character for most people. And, like, there have been a lot of YouTube poop remix videos referencing the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, have there? <laughs> Those must be very entertaining. I know, yes. So, what about the 1993 Mario Bros. movie? Well, before there was the Mario Brothers movie, there was a 1986 Mario anime film called Super Mario Bros. The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. Oh, I didn't know there was an anime film about Mario. Which was released in 1986 and was an hour-long film. Was that movie successful? I guess it will have received a cult following. Ah, gotcha. As did the 1993 movie. Which was a failure, I know, but had since then received a cult following and people like it better than they did then. Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes movies that totally crash and burn at the time of their release 
end up being some people's favorites and develop this, you know, really loyal following because of in part how bad they are. I know it's regarded as one of the worst films ever made, but it received a cult following in his cult classic and got a web comic in 2012 and was the only live action film that based on a Nintendo game property until detective Pikachu in, in 2019. Wow. That's a long time to go without seeing any Nintendo based movies. Yes. And I know the Mario movies coming out and people I'm sure will like it way, way better because it's animated and looks way more faithful to the game. Yeah, yeah. The Mario Bros. movie that did so awfully in 1993, it was live action, first of all. So the characters, including Bob Hoskins, didn't really look like the Mario that you knew and love in the games. It also kind of had an interesting plot where like, it existed in this dystopic parallel universe where King Koopa was the ruler, played by Dennis Hopper, by the way. And the brothers were rescuing Daisy, not Peach. And it it just seemed, it was supposed to be kind of subversive, I guess, and kind of like a comedy. I read that it was influenced by Ghostbusters and The Wizard of Oz. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're following this, it seems like a very different tone and audience than the Mario Brothers games, which were lighthearted and colorful. Oh, yes, I know. And video game adaptations at the time for films were a little ahead of the game and a lot of them weren't very successful like they would be a lot more today when they make them. Why do you think that is, Ezra? Because video games were a fairly new thing at the time. Oh, gotcha. So people were kind of preoccupied with the game itself and less interested in seeing a video version of the game? Apparently, yes, but they liked it better at least as a TV show. That makes sense to me. I also read that, as a side note, the Mario Brothers movie did innovate some filming techniques, including something called Autodesk Flame. Do you know anything about this? Like from Autodesk that does effects in movies. Yeah, I don't really know what that means, but it was the first film to use Autodesk Flame. Huh, interesting. Yeah, and it did kind of have an all-star cast for the time, with John Leguizamo as Luigi and Samantha Mathis as D- voicing Daisy and the Queen, and... Dan Castellaneta narrated that movie. Dan Castellaneta, most famous for The Simpsons. Yes, the very one. I know. So it's kind of a surprise that it still did so badly, but you never get to know. Well, let's talk about the Mario games that have been over the years. Like some of the earliest Mario games I know, like Super Mario, I know there was Super Mario Bros. The Lost Level, Super Mario Brothers 2 in 1988. Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario Land, and then Super Mario World. I remember playing some of those old classic titles when they got re-released, like for like Game Boy, DS, and Wii. And what was your goal when playing those original Mario games, Ezra? Seeing how really tricky the levels are and how defeating the enemies is hard. And also in the boss levels, like with Bowser's, are a lot harder than you think. Oh, absolutely. And I gotta say, I think that Mario was one of the first games to really establish that format for a video game, where things get progressively harder the further into the game you go, and then you ultimately wind up at a final boss, aka usually Bowser, right, that you have to defeat in order to progress to the next level. I might be wrong there, but I think that Mario spearheaded that format. Yes, and some of the early Mario games were educational games, like Mario is Missing, 
going on, a, like solving a mystery or Mario's time machine. And some were even Mario um, preschool games or Mario typing in music games. Fascinating. So Mario really was everywhere for all audiences. Yes. And then, of course, the Mario game that I remember best is Mario Kart. It's Mario Kart is one of the sub of the franchise. When did that first come out? Mario Kart, which is a racing game, the first game in the series was Super Mario Kart from 1992. Got it. So it came out pretty early still. Yes, I know. I remember playing Mario Kart Wii when I was a kid on the Wii. Were you pretty competitive about it, Ezra? Yeah, and I've played it also on what it is now on like where they make it for Nintendo Switch and even now for iOS and Android. I think it's really a timeless game, wouldn't you say? Yeah. They keep coming out with new maps to race on while the fundamentals of the game, like choosing your car and your speed and your accuracy and all of these details about it that affect how you're able to race on the maps stays the same. I know. And then I know there's Mario Party, which is like a party video game series where you play as different characters. And you're able to play with your friends, right? Yep, and then there's Donkey Kong, which is a spin-off franchise, which I know um, is a is another franchise, but I know they they done games about Donkey Kong, the ape, who was also started in a, in a show called Donkey Kong Country and was also in Saturday Supercade, which featured some famous video game characters, similar to how modern films today like Wreck-It Ralph, Pixels, and Ready Player One have. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny because, like you said before, Mario kind of spun off from Donkey Kong, and Donkey Kong has still managed to have kind of a life of his own in his own franchise alongside Mario. Yes, and even Toad has started his own games, as well as Yoshi. Oh, people love Yoshi. I equate Yoshi's influence and popularity to the influence and popularity of Yoda in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, I know. Yoshi is a green dinosaur lizard-like creature, I know, and he has the capability of devouring things. Mm-hmm, in a really funny way. I know, yes. Yoshi, like, started his own games, like Yoshi's Island, which was the sequel to the original Super Mario World game. I remember that one. And featured a baby version of Mario. He was so cute. I remember, yes. So... Ezra, in this new Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out, I believe in the first week of April, April 6th. April 5th, actually. It's made in collaboration from Despicable Me Creator Illumination. And Universal and Nintendo, right? Yes, and now there's Super Nintendo World at Universal Japan, and now here in California at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yeah, so it's interesting because we have this huge gap, like you said, between the last Nintendo-based film and Pikachu and then even since Pikachu it's been four years now since Pikachu and we really haven't seen much much other than games using Nintendo material so I read up about this because apparently Shigeru Miyamoto who created Mario the character he somewhere along the way decided that he wanted to try again with a Mario movie one that would do better and be more true to the video game and along the way, he met Chris Melodondry. The founder and head of Illumination. Exactly. And apparently they really hit it off. And so it was their kind of relationship and collaboration that laid the groundwork for this movie to come to fruition. Because up until that point, Nintendo was very suspicious of 
how another movie like the Mario Bros would hurt their brand. I know there's also been spinoff games of Mario that were only about Luigi instead of Mario. Interesting. Like Luigi's, like the Luigi's Mansion series. Oh, right. Yeah, some people really did love Luigi a lot more than Mario. Or new Super Luigi U, which was instead of Super Mario Brothers, it's Super Luigi. Fun. And there was also the, the Wario series, which was about Wario, who's like the doppelganger to Mario and his brother Waluigi. I remember in the games, Wario being really, really hard. Yes, I know. And unlike Bowser, who's like, evil and is the villain of most of the franchise. Wario is a villain, but sometimes he's a good guy. That's right. He kind of plays both sides. As so does Waluigi, who might have been inspired by characters with pencil mustaches like Snidely Whiplash and Dick Dastardly. Oh, very interesting. I totally see that now that you mention it. I know. Yeah, the Super Mario Bros. movie, they first announced they were Illumination was doing it in 2017. And I think everyone, including myself, was very excited. And let's talk about the plot of the movie. Do you know what it's going to be about, Ezra? It's interesting, though. Like, Mario is, instead of, like, most other things, Princess Peach is in is the damsel in distress, and Mario's the one to rescue her, and she's held captive by Bowser. Instead, it's Luigi, his brother, who's held captive by Bowser, and Mario teams up with Peach and Toad to rescue him and stop Bowser. Yeah, that is an interesting inversion. We still have Bowser as the villain, and he rules over an army of Koopa Troopas and mini Bowsers, among other characters. The Koopa Troopas, the turtle-like creatures. That's right. But I read that that switch-up was mainly just to give Peach a little bit more agency and have it be a more interesting plot, rather than just your typical damsel in distress plot. I know, yes, and I know Bowser is like one of the most popular villains of all time. Definitely. And I think that in the movie, he's voiced by Jack Black, which is awesome. And he is going to be a more complex character. He's going to be a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more emotional. We're going to understand him more. Yeah, I know. And Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, Anya Taylor-Joy, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, and Jack Black are all part of the voice cast. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Pratt is Mario. Anya Taylor-Joy is voicing Peach. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is voicing Luigi. Jack Black, like I said, is Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. And another famous person, Fred Armisen, is voicing Cranky Kong. I see, yeah. I know forgot to mention Mario, of course, appears in the Nintendo game series, which is a crossover series, even with non-Nintendo characters called Super Smash Bros. Oh, of course. We cannot forget Smash Bros. A bunch of characters from Mario's world appear in Smash Bros. I know. I'm pretty sure you can be Bowser in Smash Bros. Yeah, I know. And I love the Mario Bros. theme song that's catchy and upbeat, which is also the theme in the cartoon shows from back in the day. Yes, I know. Very pretty, Ezra. I love that song, too. It's so catchy. I know, like Mario, although he did not appear in Wreck-It Ralph or its sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I think due to copyright issues, he was mentioned in one scene in a Mario Mushroom appears, and Bowser is one of the cameos in the Badenon meeting. 
oh, clever. I'm glad that they were able to sneak those characters in, despite Nintendo limiting where Mario gets to appear sometimes. I know. So one other thing to mention is that Charles Martinet, who has voiced Mario since 1992, is not voicing Mario in the movie. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure why, though. Maybe because he's getting older, maybe older, or maybe that someone else should voice him and maybe they don't just want to have Mario sound Italian anymore. Yeah, I think those are all good ideas. I read that it also had to do with Chris Pratt's history of playing, quote, blue-collar heroes with a ton of heart, unquote. Like in the Lego movie and in Onward, Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic World, and next year in a Garfield movie. Exactly, exactly. Those are all great examples. And they are similar characters, I guess, to Mario's character. So they wanted a big name who would also fit with this character. And Chris Pratt was it. Yeah, I know, yeah. Over the years, the evolution of Mario games, like from earlier Nintendo platforms in the 80s and 90s, or in the 2000s when they came to GameCube and Game Boy and then Wii and Wii U, DS and 3DS and now Switch and not just even on consoles anymore, even like online and even as apps for iOS and Android, like for Super Mario Run, Dr. Mario, as well as um, uh, Mario Kart. It's true. There are so many ways to play games with Mario now. I know. And it seems just perfect timing that this movie is finally coming out to capture not only him in film, but also I hear his background story. Him and Luigi's origin stories we'll get to see a little bit. Yes, I know. And depending on the success, they might make more of them. Which I think would be really cool. I I think there's definitely an audience for this. They did have plans for uh, for films based on other Nintendo, like a Mario sequel and a Legend of Zelda film in the 90s after the Mario film, but they canceled them because of the film's failure. But I hope they go back to making these again if this one is successful. Me too. That would be great to see. Shall we move on into trivia? Yeah. We have to answer a trivia question from our last episode, which was about Arthur. Yeah. Mark Brown, the author of the original Arthur books and eventual producer of the TV show, had kids that he mentioned often in the TV show. He would slip their names in there. What were his kids' names? Their names were Eliza and Tolan. That's right. So if you go back and watch Arthur, you might hear their names slipped in in certain places in a very sneaky way. This week, we are asking a question about Mario. Yeah. What other Nintendo game franchise also became a cartoon show in the 1990s? Actually, in the 1980s, what? If you think you know the answer, be sure to listen to the next episode. We'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye. Goodbye.